Resurrection power. This is something that's been brewing in my spirit, and it's something that, brother, you and I have talked about right before we got on the call. And I think it's something that is so spiritual yet practical, and there's so many ways we can apply this to our lives. And it's something that's just really excited me, excited me, and has exploded in my spirit over these last couple of days. And the text that I'm going to paraphrase here, or the text that I want to start from, is in Luke 24. And for the listeners out there, if you get an opportunity to read this text, I think it's something that will really draw you in. But it starts off by talking about two women who go to the grave on the third day after Jesus had been crucified. And they go expecting him to be in the tomb and to lay flowers and, and pay their respects to, to Jesus. But what they find is he's not there anymore. And there's two angels come out and they say, are you looking for the living among the dead? As we go further in our story, they take their, they take their story to the disciples. They don't believe. And two of the disciples, Theophis and, and another one, go walking on the road to Emmaus. And what they find is a third person comes in, kind of joins into the conversation, not recognizing that this is Jesus himself who has joined the conversation. And they're distraught. They're upset. They missed out. They don't know what's going on. And they start to tell the third person what's been happening, what transpired in Jerusalem over the last few days. And Jesus, at the end of, of them giving this discourse, he rebukes them for their lack of faith, and he begins to expound to them the scriptures regarding himself and what the Christ suffered and, and all the things that he was supposed to go to, and that he'd be crucified and he'd raise again on the third day. They implore him to stay a little bit longer with them, and they go and they sit down and they start to eat. And at that point, Jesus takes the bread, breaks it, and I believe that they saw the holes in his hands at that point, and they recognize that this is the living Christ, and he disappears from their midst. So they go and they tell the other disciples, and here they are, gathered again, and Jesus appears in the midst. And he tells them, peace be still, peace. Don't be scared. Why are you afraid? Shows them the hand, his hand and his feet. And he shows them at that moment that even death didn't have control over him. Why were they afraid? And that's, that's so good, and it's so loaded, packed, full of truth. That so many times I think that we really... We don't really properly pay attention to them, don't you think? Yeah. One of the key things that you uh, you mentioned there was lack of faith and how the disciples were rebuked for the lack of faith. And I just want to challenge everyone that's listening today, think about it just for a minute, even if you've got to hit pause on your phone and reflect. Where in my life have I lacked faith in or with God? Mm. Wow. I've had to ask myself that very question recently. Um, we've been moving into starting our ministry and getting things started. Sometimes presents all kinds of little issues and chevets and little uh, things that you did not think were going to be an issue. Well, the enemy sees those little areas, those little spots where you think you've got it licked. And he says, okay, I see a weak chain or I see a weak spot in the armor. I'm going to exploit this. And he rightly does so. And a lot of times we think it's just because, oh, well, it's me. 
what's going on, but we forget there's a greater purpose to everything that happens to us under the sun. Remember, Solomon says there is nothing new under the sun. So the enemy, the devil, he doesn't do anything new. He exploited Jesus in the wilderness after the 40-day fast. He didn't wait till the first 30 days. He waited till the last, you know, 10 or so days or the last day or two and began to exploit Jesus in every way he could when he was to the point of extreme hunger and possible hallucination. You know, he waited till that weakest moment where Jesus might have a falter in understanding of what was going on, and maybe possibly he could possibly give in to temptation. So many times we think about things, everything has to be the devil. It has to be for the devil's purpose. Well, sometimes God uses the attack of the enemy for his benefit. I would say many times, if not all the time, he uses the attack of the enemy for his benefit. Why? Because our faith is supposed to be in Christ Jesus our Lord. Our faith is supposed to be in the everlasting rock of our salvation, the one thing that never changes, it never shifts. It's not like sand. That's why we're told to build our house on the rock, because Christ That's is right. the rock. He is the solid foundation. We are not supposed to build our life and our, our faith on shifting sands. We're okay. always supposed to put our faith and our vision locked on Christ, the thing that does not shift or move, so that we have a sure foundation to stand on. In this, we have to realize that when we go through moments in our life, it's for the perfecting of our faith. That's good, brother. That's good. I mean, the Lord, he brought the scripture to my heart this, this week, First Peter 1.7. It says, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold, that perishes, though tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Wow. wow. How many times do we drop the ball because we're like, oh, God, it's too hard. Oh, God, I can't handle it. Now, let me clarify something here. When we go through those hell on earth moments, I'm not saying it's bad to call a brother or sister in Christ and tell them, I need prayer. Yeah. I need you to help carry me. Because even Moses had Aaron help hold his arms up at the battle, you know, so that he would not, well, so that Israel could win the battle. That's right. How much That's more right. will we need our brothers and sisters to help lift us up? Yes, sir. What you got? Let, let's, let, let me piggyback on something that you would mentioned earlier. You, you were talking about going through the trials, and, and really it's a testing of our faith. We don't see it as we see, we see what's happening at face value sometimes, and we don't see what God is doing in us when we're going through that trial. You know, we see that we got laid off. We don't realize that God is teaching us that he's going to be our source and not that particular job. You know, we might see that someone is, is going through a sickness in our family, and we don't see that God is showing that he's the healer. And, you know, until we come across impossible situations, we don't know that we serve the God of the impossible. Until we come across a Red Sea, we don't know that God can split that sea. And so when we get to these situations, it's for God to reveal himself in a way that we, we didn't know before. You know, there, when we get to know God, we get to know him through these trials and tribulations. 
we get to see him in, in ways he manifests himself in a way that he never manifested himself before because we didn't face that. I mean, if you look at the, the four Hebrew boys in that, in that furnace, or the three Hebrew boys in the furnace, you'll notice that Jesus showed up in the midst of that, <clears throat> excuse me. And so up until that point in Scripture, we don't see any time that God did anything like that. But he revealed himself in a new and, and, and interesting way in that particular situation. And again, until we come to these situations, we don't know that he can do these things. And so it, it's, it's this constant revelation. It's like, you know, with our the relationship we have with our wives, we, we know them, but as we go through the situations and the, and the changes of life through childbirth and, and raising kids and, and, and our intimate times, and we get to know them in different facets and different ways that we never would have by just meeting them or talking to them over the phone. It's something that's deeper. And as we get to know the Lord and we go through these different situations and things that life throws at us, we get to know the Lord in a different and deeper way. But I believe that what he wants us to do is walk in this resurrection power through each of these trials and tribulations and the changes of life. He wants us to know, like, like you mentioned, our focus has to be fixed on something that's immovable, right? It's kind of like if, if you're spinning around, like you remember when you're a kid and you start spinning in a circle and you get so dizzy you want to throw up and you fall over. But it's like the ballerina, they focus on one point and they spin and they continue to look at that one point and they won't get dizzy because their focus is on one immovable object. That's the same thing with That's us. So we need to have our, our, our faith, we need to have our focus on Christ who's immovable, unchangeable, unswayed by what's going on in, in current events or the economy or life, anything that life can throw at us. But he's that fixed, immovable point that if we put our focus on him, well, we can go through anything. We can go through anything. I think anything. that's so many times. That's where we fail so many times. Because what do we do naturally? You know, Dre, many times, I, I don't know about you, but many times I'll look at that situation. And it's not that I'm trying to focus on it. It's like it looks like that Goliath in my life. And it's like, what am I going to do? I see no winning way to do this. This is so big that I can't, I don't see how to take care of this. But our hope is not supposed to be in me. Your hope is not supposed to be in you. And that doesn't excuse either myself or you from using wisdom in everything that we do because we're told in the Word that wisdom is the beginning of knowledge. That fear of God is the beginning of wisdom and you know, to, of course, even have understanding, we have to have wisdom. So we have to focus on Christ, who is our rock, our firm foundation, and not allow all these shifting sands to be a Goliath to us, because if we allow that Goliath to overcome us, then we're going to be the servant to him instead of us overcoming the enemy and for him to have to serve us. That's good. The Bible says, "Cursed is he who puts his trust in flesh." Basically, because you know, flesh oh, yeah, come on. if our focus is, is man and seeking our affirmation from man, and we put ourselves in a, a rocky position, you put your your trust in your boss, you put your trust in your job, you know. And I, I say that one of the things that we've talked about 
I mean, our, our job is an, an uncertain thing. <clears throat> I don't put my trust in my company. They could say my services are no longer needed tomorrow. If my trust is in my job, that's a, that's a terrible place to be. It's like the rich man who, in that parable, as Jesus says, you know, he's a rich man. He said, what am I going to do? I got all this money. Let me build some bigger barns. Let me store it away. And he stores it away, and he's like, so kick back and relax. And the Bible says, Jesus said to him, you fool, tonight your soul shall be required of you. He put his hope in riches that the Bible says spread wings like eagles and fly away. Like, what is our what is our hope? What is our focus? What are we putting our faith in right now? Because if it's not Christ, I guarantee you it'll fall. But if our hope and our trust is in Christ, it's like David said, man, I can I can run through a troop with my God. It doesn't matter what I face. You know, if it's like you know, if it's it's God and me versus ten thousand that come against me, man, I like my odds. Man, praise God. Praise God. So good. You know, I think so many times we try to hold on and keep alive and sustain that impossible dream. Now, let me clarify what I mean by the impossible dream. The idea that you can never succeed in the dream. Mm -hmm. But in reality, we're supposed to have a God-possible dream that only through God we can succeed in this dream because he is sure and faithful to give us the strength we need in all things. So that redeeming power, that resurrection power, is available to us when we keep our eyes on that firm foundation, that cornerstone, the rock of our salvation. And we not allow these shakable situations to get to us, but focus on the unshakable, that unshakable foundation, which is Christ. So if we stop allowing ourselves to be shaken by all these impossible dreams, instead say, God, let me release the impossible dream and I take up your God-possible dream. Let me not focus on the impossible, but let me focus on the God-possible. Because through you, all things are possible. Because, God, you strengthen me. And, guys, I would even encourage you, get into the Psalms. David pours his heart out, and these are songs and prayers that you can use for yourself on a daily basis. That's good. What is good. what is more valuable than God restoring peace to you? There is no answer you cannot find to your peace in his word. His word contains the answers to your peace. Amen. Amen. Guys, we never want to wrap up our calls without giving you the opportunity to come to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Romans 10, 9-10 says, Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with your heart one believes and is justified, and with your mouth one confesses and is saved. If you would like to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, please pray this prayer after me. Lord, I thank you that you died for me. I believe that you rose from the grave. I believe that you are the Son of God, and I confess that you are my Lord and Savior. Friend, if you prayed that prayer with me today, you are saved. And we are so excited 
and would love to hear from you. At the same time, the next step for you is to get involved and planted in a good Bible teaching church. This will help you grow and learn about the wonderful life God has for you. We would also like to invite each and every one of you to check out our ministry page. You can do this by going to mooseministriesinc.com. Here you'll find links to connect with us, read our blog, and keep track of our different projects as we take this adventure in spreading the gospel. God bless.